We all know how important data is in our businesses in order to make decisions that are actually going to move the needle. But there's so many times that I will come into businesses and there will be gaps in their knowledge about who is actually buying their products. So, for example, do you know how long it takes on average someone from becoming an opt-in for the very first time to buying? What that average looks like? Or how many opt-ins they normally opt-in for? Or generally what the first opt-in is? So, today's episode, that is exactly what we're going to go through. I'm going to cover off how I approach analyzing data about the people that are buying in order to make more informed decisions and also map that customer journey that we talked about in the very first episode of this podcast so that we can better understand where we should be focusing our time and money. So let's get started. Welcome to the Beyond the Funnel podcast. I'm your host, Louise Griffiths, and together we're going to nerd out on all things marketing and online business. After 10 years as a marketing consultant to online educators, course creators, and content-led businesses, I have strategized, built, managed, tracked, and scaled my fair share in this industry. I, along with some incredible guests, are going to share with you what's working, what's not, our highs and lows, plus insights and tools that will support you as you scale your marketing, build your marketing dream team, and celebrate smashing those big business goals. If you are ready, scratch that craving some conversations that go beyond the beginner marketing and funnel topics, then grab a coffee and let's get nerdy together. Alrighty, so welcome to episode three. Today we are talking about purchaser profiling. And I have a handy worksheet for you today as well. So stick around and I'll provide the URL for that shortly. But today I really wanted to go through this because the more we can understand the people that are buying in our businesses, the more informed decisions we can make about where we should be focusing our time and effort. We can be enjoying certain things in our business or assuming certain things are working in our business. But when we actually look at the hard, cold facts, we realize that Maybe the more boring things or the more surprising things are actually influencing purchasers more than anything. So as I mentioned, I have a handy worksheet that you will get for today's episode as well. But I'm going to talk a little bit more top line first about how this approach came about and also what is included and what I look at when I'm looking at purchaser data. So for me, originally, I developed this spreadsheet for the launches that I was working on with my clients. So what I was finding is, is that we were sort of going into every launch blind a little bit. And also having a background in Facebook ads, I was finding it quite frustrating that the budgets that I was being allocated were based on the revenue that was being driven from launch to launch. So they would look at the spend for the Facebook ads, they'd look at how many people bought from that spend and then they would make decisions about whether the Facebook ads were successful or not. And this really, I think, was the first big aha moment when we started to approach that data differently. And Facebook ads is a great example of that. What we found is that in many of the launches that I was working on, that people weren't actually buying the first launch that they experienced. So they'd perhaps come in and they'd experience the launch and then they would buy in the next launch. 
whether it's because they realized that scarcity was real and that they did miss out and that they didn't want to miss out again, or maybe they just needed more time to experience the content of the brand and get to know that the person that they were buying from, or they maybe just didn't have the money the first time and they decided that that's what they wanted to invest in and so they started to save up for it. There's lots of reasons why people don't buy straight away, but If you are only approaching things like Facebook ad spend or the success of your launch based on people purchasing in that same launch, you would miss all of that nuance. And so what we started to look at is the commonalities. Okay, so if people aren't buying this launch, when we do the data for the next launch, how many people experienced a previous launch? And we were finding sometimes that people had been through two, three, or even more launches before they bought. And the very first time they came in might have been from a Facebook ad. So it started to allow us to approach launches in a very different way, especially initially when it came to things like lead generation. We started to realize that the money that we were spending on Facebook ads wasn't just investing in this launch. It was an investment for the launch after that and perhaps even the launch after that. And so we had to sort of come at it from a case of, We're investing for now, but we're also investing for later. And that way, if we turned and had no ads on in two launches time, we'd still be reaping the benefits of the ad spend that we spent two launches earlier. That's where the customer journey really kind of comes into its own, where it allows us to see the relationship over time. And then we can also look at other activities. So obviously we're looking at things like traffic source attribution, but also things like what emails are they converting from? So not just what emails got the highest open rates, but when someone bought, what was the last email that they opened before they bought? And oftentimes we were finding that there wasn't a single email, but that just right before they bought, they might open three emails. So what they were doing is they were actually experiencing more than just one email at that point of purchase. When they're about to buy, they would go back through several emails and perhaps they would open up one that was more about social proof. They'd open up one that was about the payment plan. So we would start to get an idea right at that point of purchase during a launch, what is it that they were looking at and how can we incorporate that all in one place? Whether it be making sure all that information was on the sales page or we create a new email that that had really handy links for linking out to all of that stuff. So we could start to get a better idea of what was what was at that point of purchase. What were they doing? What were they thinking? What was maybe creating hesitancy? For the people that didn't go on to buy, did any of them do the same thing? And why didn't they buy? And then that sort of pulled over into more of the evergreen things that we were doing. And we would look at, okay, where was the first point that they came in? But then what was that last thing that they did? Was it a different funnel? Was it that they were just opening newsletter emails? Like were they in a funnel at the point that they bought? And so we started to get a better idea for where in there they were actually buying as well and the habits that they were doing. What I developed was just a really basic spreadsheet. And like I mentioned, um, I have created a template, but really this is just a template to get you started. The data that you need to track is going to be very individual to your business, whether it's a launch, evergreen, or you're mapping purchasers across the board. And also the types of 
products that you're selling as well and that you're trying to profile for. But you can head over to louisegriffiths.com forward slash profiler now. The link is also in the show notes and you can download a copy of this spreadsheet, which will at least get you started if it's easier to not start with a blank slate, so to speak. But I'm going to go through a couple of really key things that I make sure that I'm recording. Now, I will say that during launches, we like to do this for everybody that buys and Outside of that, when we're looking at businesses more holistically, we will generally start with the key products. So if you've got um, a digital shop with 50 things that you're selling in it, you wouldn't necessarily do it for all of those unless overall your sales were kind of manageable. You want to be working with a manageable data set here. You don't want to be doing this for thousands of people a month. So either pick cross-section. So for example, if you have a membership and you get lots of new members, you might not be able to do it for them all, but pick a random cross-section of people each time. Or you can do it by most popular product or products that you're trying to scale if that's more your motivation. And this can look also like taking a step back. And what I mean by that is if ultimately you're trying to get more people into your mastermind, start there even if it's only five people or 10 people or 15 people. And look, one of your key questions would be, is there anything that they buy before they go on to buy the mastermind? And if there's a commonality there in a product, then you would go and do it for that product as well. So you're trying to track backwards so that you can understand the entire journey of the people that will eventually end up in your mastermind. Even if that takes six months or 12 months, what you're trying to understand is, okay, if they're normally on my list for 12 months before they buy the mastermind, what are they doing in that 12 months? Did they buy something else? Yes, half of them bought this template pack. Okay, what does it look like from first time on list to the template pack? What happens during that time? And so you can start to break it down a little bit as well. So how you approach this, like I mentioned, will be different for your business. Now, some of the key stuff that I always look at Time on list is one of the key things that I look at because it can influence a lot of different decisions in your business and also what you fill the time with. So what I mean by that, if a lot of people take three months from coming on your list for the first time before they purchase, you want to look at what's happening in that three months. So again, like I mentioned, did they buy anything else? But you also want to look at other things. What have they opted in for during that time? What was the first thing they opted in for? How did they get on your list in the first place? Now, ideally, you're going to want to track both what that thing was, what was that opt-in, but also what was the traffic source, because that can be critically important, especially for measuring things like where you're putting ad spend, so Google ads or TikTok ads, Facebook ads, or whether it was organic, whether you should be increasing the content production of your podcast or your YouTube channel. So understanding that initial traffic source, where are we getting our cold leads from is a really important question to answer. It might be a question that you answer separately when you're just looking at your lead generation data. But I think it's also important to reflect on it for purchasers because you can have a lot of people coming from one traffic source. You're getting cheap leads, lots of leads. They might even be opening emails, but if they're not the people that are buying, then you have to have a conversation about whether you really want to be paying for people that never buy from you. 
So you really do want to do this from a purchaser perspective as well. So like I mentioned, time on list, critically important so that it reflects on what you're going to be doing during that time, looking at what that first thing that they did in order to get on the list was. Depending on the software that you're using, you might also be able to fill in a couple of gaps in between in terms of what types of emails they've been opening, what kind of links and emails they've been clicking, and what content they've been reading. For those of you that are ready for a more in-depth way of understanding your data, I love Sigmetrics, and I'll pop a link for that in the show notes. But that can really allow you to cross-reference data across all your softwares and your website. So you can see what blog posts they've been reading, what pages they've been on your website, what they've opted in for, all that sort of stuff, all in one place, and it can make it super easy. But this, a lot of this can also be done with free technology. And a lot of the times that's absolutely where we start. Most of my clients don't use any sort of paid tracking. They're just using their CRM. They're using their cart software. They're using Google Analytics in order to get this data. So you can definitely start without any sort of paid tracking in place. So time on list, where they came into your list, anything they did in the middle that you can see. That could be as simple as did they opt in for anything else during that time? Did they come to any launches or any events that you held? What were they doing during that time to kind of fill the time? And then what was the last thing they did before they bought? Did they cluster open emails? Did they sign up through a launch? Did they put themselves into another funnel and then buy from there? What is it that they were actually doing and how can we see commonalities in that as well? And then you can sort of layer on top of that any other data that is of interest to you. So we might actually look at the commonalities of pay in full versus payment plan people. So did they interact differently? Were they on the list different lengths of time? And that can indicate to us different types of purchasers as well. Another one, for example, might be country. You might have some surprises in there. We've seen it before where we've had clients be really surprised of how many people have bought from certain countries that we don't pay advertise to. So they've obviously come through organic traffic or through search, not through paid traffic sources at all. And that can actually inform expanding into other markets and other countries. But you can also notice some commonalities, especially if, for example, you're charging in US dollars. Do people outside of the US purchase more payment plans or more pay in full than people inside of the US? And how might that influence the way that you talk to people um, about purchasing in different currencies. So just looking for trends in that data is really important as well. But also where there might not be any commonalities. You might need to dive into the data a little bit more or look at, well, how can we better understand this journey? You've got a complete gap in information. What could we be doing to better understand what people are doing during that time? Maybe we need to create another opt-in that's just for our warm audience or create a quiz in there so that we can get more data on who they are before they buy. And so just allowing yourself to have data like this on hand really allows you to make some better decisions in your business. Certainly when I've been using it with clients, generally there is some surprise around how long people have been on list. Sometimes we're surprised by how short that period of time is and how many people are seemingly buying quite cold. I mean, other times clients are surprised by the fact that everyone that is buying has been on the list for a significant amount of time. And that actually changes the way that they do their marketing and even their launches. 
and what they're focusing on the months up to their launches and how they're nurturing people more. So as I mentioned, for those of you who want the template, you can head over to louisegriffiths.com forward slash profiler to download a version of that for yourself. And I hope this was really informative and maybe give you some things that you can go back now and have a look at in your business, things that you might not have been tracking before and really start to think about what data points from the people that are buying are really going to help you make decisions moving forward, whether it be the content that you're producing, the types of emails that you're sending, the frequency of the emails that you're sending, different types of opt-ins that you might create for people that have been on your list for a while and haven't bought so that you can continue to move them along as well. If you did um, enjoy today's episode, I would love it if you could head over to louisegriffiths.com forward slash podcast. There is information on that page about leaving a review. I would really, really, really appreciate it if you could. And we have some goodies coming out for those of you that do submit your details after reviewing as well. So thank you again for watching today. And I cannot wait for our next episode. Our next episode is going to be a Q&A. So if you do head over to louisegriffiths.com forward slash podcast, there is also a link there for submitting any questions that you have. You can ask anything about funnels, paid traffic, customer journeys, launches, anything you like. And we're going to be selecting questions to cover off in special weekly Q&A sessions that we're going to be trying out here on the podcast. So head over to louisegriffiths.com forward slash podcast. I'll pop the link in the show notes too. And until next time, have a great week.